Hey guys. <clears throat> you can say hey, it's okay. We can be conversational. If you want to say something, just speak up. Cool. <laughs> Crickets, man. You ain't kidding. <laughs> All right. Um, if you got a Bible, go ahead and open it uh, to Luke 11, Luke chapter 11. Um, while you're doing that, yeah, Dusty, your message this morning was really, really super good. And then I got really nervous. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> um <clears throat> Dusty actually talked about uh, what I'm going to talk about, but he did it better. So please forgive me if it's not as good. (laughs) Um, Okay, so Christmas. Yay. Has everyone seen Charlie Brown Christmas? Yeah, everybody. DVR. Anyone not seen Charlie Brown Christmas? Me growing up, we were like, did you raise your hand? You have not seen it? Dang it. You need to go watch it. <laughs> um, but growing up, we didn't have the money to buy, like, the dollar VHS from the Dollar Tree where they sell the Charlie Brown Christmas. So we recorded it off the TV, and we watched it with all the commercials and, like, all the – while you're recording it, you push the stop button, and, like, the fuzz comes up, and then it comes back in about halfway – whatever. <laughs> about halfway into the second part. Um so everybody knows Linus in that movie, guy with the blanket, right? Linus, okay. And Linus at one point gets up on the stage, and he starts uh, quoting the Christmas narrative, and he goes through it. It's cute. <laughs> it's cute. I'm a six foot five guy with a beard. I'm pretty big. It's cute. I, 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 yeah. Okay, it's not unmanly to say something is cute. Um, <laughs> and I struggled a little bit um, whether I was going to talk about something Christmas tonight, just because I don't like Christmas messages very much, because they're just covered in cheese. Like, they're so cheesy. They can be really cheesy. And they're just like, <clears throat> you you use verses, if you know what I'm talking about, you use passages in the Bible. There are some that you only use for Christmas time. And there are some that, um, you know what I mean? Like, you don't hear people preaching the Christmas story in March. It just doesn't happen. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) And at Christmas time, when they they speak about it, it's like, okay, I'm ready for this. Heartwarming. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. Hmm. It's nice. Like, it can be really cheesy. But I really want to wipe the cheese off of it. And take it out of, like, storybook land and because it's really, really good stuff. And it's actually, it's actually the part, if we're going to get any part at all, like, really real to us, that actually needs to be it. Like, if you had to pick one spot in the Bible that, like, you could just grasp, this would be it. So, all right, here we go. Everybody's at Luke 11. Um <clears throat> So we'll go ahead and read this. Luke 11, verse 11 through 13. If you want to go ahead and put that up, Nate, you can. Oh, sweet. It's already up. Awesome. I'm going to read from that because I have a different translation. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then know, if you in, ah, 
I don't speak for a living. (laughs) If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That's really good. That's not a Christmas passage, by the way. It's in Luke chapter 11. We're way past chapter 2. So, but we're going to connect it. Um, Now this, like, the very first time that I read this, I thought about, like, I like to think funny things. And I thought about, like, the dad standing in the back of the crowd while Jesus is talking, be like, I put a dead snake in my kid's lunchbox to freak him out. Like, <laughs> and just kind of, like, slipping away as Jesus says that and going on. Um, I like, I just like pranking people like that. Like, um... Me and Tasha, part of my wife, Tasha, she's right here in the front. <laughs> she's incredible. She's a genius, by the way. Um, we, we're part of this marriage group. And uh, if you guys know the Hansfords, John and Candace Hansford and uh, Star and Jason Garrett, we were at a table together during this marriage group. And what usually happens, we all uh, sit down in front of the fire, in front of the fireplace after we eat. Sorry, I had like Arby's and it's like... <laughs> Um, we usually sit down in front of the fireplace after we eat and we talk about marriage issues, like what's going on in your marriage? What kind of problems are you having? Stuff like that. And John and Candace Hansford were like, somebody needs to just prank everyone. So me and Tosh were like, we'll do it. And during the meeting, it gets real serious. Um, and Candace asks, is, are there any issues in your marriage that like that your spouse does that really bothers you? And we're all sitting there, and Tasha goes, um, I have something. It's, Matt doesn't know I'm going to share this. Is it okay if I share? And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. And John and Candace are, like, leaning back on the couch, like, what's she going to say? And she goes, it really? And then Tasha starts to bawl. Like, she starts <laughs> crying. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> she is awesome. <laughs> and she's like, it really just bothers me when I come home and Matt's wearing my, my clothes. <laughs> when he wears my underwear, it really bothers me. And everyone in the room's like, it's just so tense. And I'm like sitting there swirling the liquid in my glass, like halfway embarrassed, but inside I'm like, oh, it's just so funny. And then I turned to him, I'm like, are we really doing this right now? And then it got even more tense. And people were just like, what do we do? Let's go. And, um, and then Tasha goes, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm done. And like when she, she was telling me that, okay, joke's over. But everyone in the room was like, she's done. What does she mean she's done? Like, <laughs> is the marriage over? What's going on? And then I start laughing and everybody else starts laughing. And yeah, it was great. It was, oh, should have had a video camera. But anyways... That is, totally has nothing to do with what we were just talking about. I guess maybe putting a dead snake in your kid's lunchbox, pranking him. Okay. But, <laughs> all right. So let's reread this and get back on, back on track. Um, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. It might be weird, but I just want to pray here for a second. Holy Spirit, we invite you here. We ask for more of you in the room right now. Worship was incredibly good. You're already here. You're super close. 
I ask that you would reveal more of yourself to us. Just kind of pull the veil back so we can see more of you. Because we love you and there's nobody like you. Amen. Okay. Um, Man, he's so good. So, first, let's just get this out of the way. Some kind of weird things happen when the Holy Spirit shows up. Yeah? Anybody seen some weird things? Yeah? I've seen some weird things. Okay. People laugh. It's not super weird until they start laughing like rolling on the ground laughing. Um, People can shake sometimes. People, uh, sometimes they scream, pow, and hit you in the stomach. And then you start laughing. Who is at the conference? Yeah? Okay. (laughs) Robin McMillan is awesome. Uh, People can talk in weird languages. This is all stuff that happens in the Bible, by the way, except for the pow thing. Um, (laughs) People can fall into a really deep sleep and have a vision. Uh, People can have visions without going to sleep. Um. Things can materialize out of thin air, which is really strange, like manna or like if you've seen the Finger of God DVD, gold dust and like these gemstones just kind of show up during worship. And it's kind of awesome. Demons surface, like people's demons come out and leave. Um, Clouds show up inside, which is pretty strange, but that's incredible. I've seen it happen one time. Uh, Wind starts blowing indoors, and it's not the air conditioning, like it's something else. Um, Missing or broken limbs grow back and heal. Dead people come back to life. And for kind of the Christmas season that we're in, women get pregnant without intercourse. (laughs) Angels show up and tell you things. Um, And stars move across the sky abnormally. The stars move anyway across. Anyway, come on. <coughs> Crickets. Everybody just laugh. Can you just, ah, thanks. All right. <laughs> but when some of these things happen, people, people, their first reaction, they just kind of freak out, especially if it's your first time seeing it. For me, at least I know that was my reaction. I was like, man, this, this feels really strange. Like, I don't know about this. Um, and people in the Bible actually felt that as well. Like right after the passage that we just read, we'll get that in a second. The very next verse, like after Jesus said these things, the Father will give more of the Holy Spirit to those who ask. He casts out a demon, and then people are like, he's doing that by the power of the devil. That's the devil. Like, this is too crazy. He's casting out demons and raising people back from the dead by the power of the devil because they're just freaked out. That's really weird. Like a dead person coming back to life. That's strange. It shouldn't be, but it is. (laughs) It's really strange. When you go up to someone and say, demon, come out, and they just kind of go crazy. Like, that's weird, and it can be kind of creepy sometimes. But people, it just freaked them out, and so they said, he's doing it by the power of the devil. Um, And God was really, he's so in tune with how we think that he actually addressed that. Like, that's most people's uh, first thought when they see something like that. That's really weird. I don't know about this. I don't know if that's God. That's usually the first thought in people's minds. At least it wasn't mine. And that's the very first thing that gets addressed in the scripture after Jesus says that. Like, he's, God is so in tune with how we think. And this is a really big deal to address it immediately. Some things are kind of hidden in the scripture. But this, he just comes right out and says it. Um, he says right after the devil 
is not divided against himself or a house divided cannot stand. He's basically saying the devil's not going to cast himself out and the devil is not going to heal people, which is a big deal. That's the reason it gets addressed is because calling God the devil is kind of a big deal. (laughs) When you recognize God as the devil, it can get you in some trouble. Okay. Thanks, Adam. (laughs) It is a huge deal. It's a really big deal. Um, And I'm glad that he addressed it in the scripture. That's really good. Yeah. Somewhere to point people. Anyways. People thought that Jesus was driving out demons by the power of Satan. And he said a house divided cannot stand against itself. Well, the next objection, because I've had this conversation with a bunch of people. The next objection, well, Satan knows that Jesus said that. And so he does heal people to trick us because he knows Jesus said he doesn't. So then he changed his mind and he does heal people because he's an angel of light. And he just tries to trick you. Like you guys, everybody talk to somebody like that. No. <laughs> okay. I guess I get all these people. <laughs> okay. Well. Anyways, like people think that the devil can just do anything he wants to, you know. Um, But the thing is, Jesus said Satan doesn't heal people. Jesus said Satan doesn't kick himself out of people. So if Jesus said he doesn't do it, he doesn't do it because he can't do anything that Jesus said he can't do. It's just that simple. Like if Jesus said Satan can't do something, he's not going to do it because he can't do it. Got it? Everybody with me on that? That's really good. And that's really comforting to me anyway. Because I kind of grew up where the devil was always around the corner waiting to jump out. I gotcha. Like, (laughs) he was always waiting around the corner behind everything. And anything, any good intention or anything that looked good on the outside, the devil could be under that. I'm not joking. I'm not kidding. (laughs) Like, I had a lot of fear issues to deal with. All right, so moving on. Jesus said that if you ask for more of the Holy Spirit, he'll give it. And he also said, he's also saying here that if you ask for more of the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give you a devil. Okay? A lot of people get freaked out that um, this is actually one of the first conversations I had with Adam. (laughs) Was went into his office and he was like, I was concerned. I was like, man, some of this stuff is really weird. And he said, God's not going to give you a devil. He pointed me to this passage and it just like blew my mind. Like, man, if I really believe Jesus, then if I ask for the Holy Spirit and crazy things start to happen, it's the Holy Spirit. It's that simple. Because he's that good. So God won't do, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, let me back up a little bit here. If you ask for the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give you a devil. He's not going to make you sick to teach you a lesson. And teach you perseverance. I'm going to give him cancer to teach him perseverance. Not going to happen. He's not like that. That's not in him. He doesn't have cancer to give. He doesn't have darkness to give or evil to give or lies to give. He just doesn't have it. It's not in him. Everybody with me? Yeah. All right. And a side note. This is just how my mind works. Hopefully there's somebody out there that thinks this way too. 
good and bad things, like we can say God only gives good things, good and bad things are not as subjective as we think they are. Like, if you rationalize it enough, death can be a good thing. Like some people are like, oh, death is good because that means they get to go be with Jesus. Okay, that sounds good. Or uh, cancer can be a good thing because it teaches people how to really live in the moment. I've heard several people say that. Some songs, country songs I've heard. Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not slamming country music. I've heard it. (laughs) But people like rationalize. um, They take bad things and they rationalize it and make it good. It's not. If you have problems with that, just go find a little kid and be like, is death good? No. <laughs> is it okay? Is it good to be sick? No. Is it good to be poor? Is it good to go hungry? No. Any little kid will just give you the flat out answer. That's good. That's bad. That's good. That's bad. Okay. We good? All right. Girls. I'm not a little kid. You got somebody else. My girl is good. <laughs> oh. Gotcha. I didn't catch that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, it can totally be a conversation. If you want to say something, just say it. I'm totally cool with that. That's okay with you. I'm, I'm totally fine. Um, but that whole deal, we started calling... Uh, terrible things, a blessing in disguise because somewhere along the line we started believing that God does bad things to teach us a lesson. Now, he can take bad things like something bad that has happened and morph it into something for your good because he's just that good. He can take something totally evil like take something totally evil, not create it and put it there but take something evil and bless you with it. Like use it for your good. Because he's that good. That's insanely, incredibly amazing to me. Like something evil can be used for your good. Yeah. Now on to the Christmas passage. We've gotten that out of the way. Our preparation. Uh, put up that next one. Luke 2.14. This is the Linus quote. Thank you, Nate. <laughs> this is the Linus quote. I guess Linus quoting the Bible quote. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. This is huge as well. Now, take try to take this, because there's a lot of cheesiness on this. Like, people look at this and go, oh, yeah, it's on all kinds of bumper stickers and, like, the little wreaths that people hang on their doors and the things that they put in their bathrooms during Christmas time. Like... <laughs> And on the, like, little hand towels that you dry your hands on, they've got, like, verses on them and stuff. Yeah. It's everywhere. Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Okay? Take this out of, like, that land, like the Linus land, just to help you make it a little more real. Take it out of Linus land and try to put it in, like, Lord of the Rings land. (laughs) Just follow me here. Glory to God. Think, think Lord of the Rings setting, okay? Like there's a battle going on. There's the realm of men, and then there's like the realm of everything else. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, middle earth, peace. 
<laughs> goodwill toward men. I don't know if that helped you at all. It helped me when I was thinking through it. <laughs> okay. Um, this passage has traditionally been used as, be, as uh, has been taught as glory to God in the highest, peace on earth because it's a nice time of year. It's cold outside, so we need something good. And goodwill toward men. Be nice to other people. That is not at all what this is saying. That's not even addressing other people. Goodwill toward men, that is not what this is saying. Okay? Right before this, angels, tons of angels, break into our realm, our atmosphere. They show up and they start singing over the human race, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, Goodwill toward men. They're saying that the goodwill of the Father is now turned toward men. Here's, the other, here's another translation. Glory to God in the highest and peace to those on whom his favor rests. You've got this entire span that's just silence. And then Jesus shows up and these angels show up and they're telling everybody what's going on. Like the favor of God is turned toward mankind. He has favor on you. That's incredible. Shaba, <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, what does God have to do to convince us that he loves us and that he doesn't hate us? Not even a little bit. Just imagine that scene. Sitting out there in a field or wherever this thing was, the stable. Some people think it was in a house, whatever. These, I like to imagine thousands of angels. There's a host of angels that show up. And start singing this over the planet. That's incredible. The Lord has favor on us. He loves us a lot. And the angels did, just didn't show up. He took himself, his full self, and put himself in a human body. Like the God man is on earth. Okay? Back to Lord of the Rings land, like darkness. Okay? Darkness is everywhere. Like there's no hope. No hope anywhere. And then these angels show up out of nowhere and start screaming, the favor of God is on you, mankind, and God has become one of you. Oh, so good. Dang it. (laughs) Yeah, and they're shouting, be at peace. Like, how can you not be at peace if you fully understand the favor of God on your life? That God favors you. He doesn't hate you. He doesn't dislike you in the least bit. Like there's not a piece of your dirtiness or your like your junk inside that offends him. Like Adam said a couple weeks ago, it was incredible. It doesn't offend him. He actually really, really likes you. <laughs> hmm. So Dusty was actually right this morning about everything that he said. <laughs> but this is a season right now that we're in of preparation. Um, it's a season of contemplation to restore us to the reality that can get lost in a life where bad things happen, where sometimes bad things happen a lot, but that God favors us. The God of the universe that created absolutely everything favors man. He favors you guys in the purple chairs. He likes you. 
it's easy to say, oh, yeah, God loves you. He doesn't like you very much, though. Like, he loves you because he has to. He actually likes you. He favors you. And it's a season um, where we can come back to the reality that God favors us, he loves us, and he has been abundantly good to us. He has been abundantly good to us. It's not a coincidence that Thanksgiving kicks off the Christmas season. It's not a coincidence because thankfulness ushers in his presence. Yeah. (laughs) Thankfulness is the quickest way into the presence of the Lord. Thanking him, just thanking him, just taking your affections, turning them towards him and saying, God, thank you. Because everything has come from him. Everything, every good thing, every good and perfect thing has come from him. He's really good. Um, Sam, Sam, perhaps you want to, you might come up and playing just a little bit. While he gets up there, like we read back in Luke 11, that if you ask for more of the Holy Spirit, he'll give it. And knowing that thankfulness is the way into his presence, what we're going to do while he plays, we're just going to take a couple minutes and just out loud, thank him. Just thank him. And don't be embarrassed or whatever. I'm going to be doing it too. Just look at me. But just take a couple of minutes and start thanking him for everything he's done in your life. And we're going to do something else after after that, okay? Just turn your affection to him and thank him.